when I came over, I followed Brother Jackson. Brother Jackson was probably the best pastor. Brother Turner, one of the earlier pastors, he was a good man, but in between that, uh, had some. But anyway, I wrote this, and uh, we would use it in visitation. Who are we? First Peter three fifteen. Peter said, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ready always to give an account to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. My goal when I came to Calvary was for every member to be able, when somebody asks, why do you attend Calvary Baptist Temple? Why do you believe this? For them to be able to tell somebody. But according to this verse of Scripture, it is the Christian duty to reverence Jesus Christ as Lord in their hearts. If we truly do this, then it will make us ready at all times to give a defense. If there is a reverence for Christ in the heart, the lips must be able to make an oral expression. At no time are we to be unprepared or timid in stating our views of the teaching of the Bible. This defense must be made in meekness and modesty to men and in fear of the sovereign Lord. Quite often, people ask me, still do, what kind of a Baptist church is the Ammon Road Baptist Church? Others inquire, what doctrine do you teach and practice? Still others question us to why we are not affiliated with any Baptist convention, association, or Bible fellowship. Could you answer that question? Others, critics, demand, what rare breed of Baptists are you? Well, in light of 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, I feel that necessary is laid upon me to take some time to answer some of these questions. So that's why this booklet came I'd like to answer it, who we are not. At times, our friends make false assumptions about us, and our enemies misrepresent our views before the world. Because we believe in the doctrines of grace, we are accused of being Reformed Baptists. We are not Reformed Baptists. The 
ideal of Baptist churches beginning at the time of the Protestant Reformation in 1641 is totally untrue. We maintain that Baptists are older than the Reformation. We feel that our origin goes back to Christ and the New Testament. We believe we are old at the Christian religion, the oldest Christian religion. There could only be two, Baptists or Catholic. And I remember the first time I went in the hospital, they asked me, was I Catholic or Protestant? I said, neither. You're not infidel, are you? I'm Baptist. Independent, missionary, Bible-believing Baptist. I'm not a reformer. I'm not a Catholic. I'm a Baptist. I'm proud of it because God saved me and made me one. And you may not be a Baptist, but if you're saved, you're saved through Baptist doctrine. No other doctrine will take you from earth to heaven. So we are not. We are not primitive or old school Baptists. These people separated from the old line of Baptists under Daniel Parker in 1832. Unlike us, they are in the main anti missionary and opposed Christian education. Unlike us, many of them do not know if they are saved. Some of them even deny Baptist secession. We are independent Baptists on church corporation. To us, the convention, the association, and the Bible fellowship are extra scriptural organizations with the Lord over the Lord's church. When I, I meet pastors in this community or when I was in Lawrenceburg, when I was at Georgetown. You mean you've been at the same church all these years? The convention usually won't let one stay at a church. I said, I understand that. We don't belong to a convention. Convention is man-made. Christ built his first church. His first leader in the church was John <coughs> the Baptist. Each particular church was absolutely independent in the ex- exercise of church rights, privileges. It was separated from all other churches, individuals, and bodies so far as authority and control were concerned. Christ was the only head and lawgiver. Notice with me in Ephesians. Ephesians. Chapter 1.
chapter 1, verse 21. For above all principalities and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come, and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He is the head of the church. Whatever we do, if we can't find scripture for it, we need to acknowledge that. God said in verse 22, have put all things. And in verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Since Christ left ecclesiastic affairs entirely in the hands of his church. Same book, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. God said to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Going down to verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Our enemies sometimes accuse us of being too independent. But we do not believe it is possible to be too independent in the Bible sense. I don't want some group of men out in Joplin, Missouri or Nashville, Tennessee or wherever they may be telling the Baptist church what they ought to preach and can't preach. They have no control. God says, while each church is independent and sovereign in its locality, it also realizes its independence upon other churches of like faith and order. Our churches voluntarily cooperate with each other in missions, Christian education, benevolence, Bible conference, fellowship meetings, revival work, and publication work. A church Corporation is absolutely voluntary and free from any authority of dictator control. When I took over Calvary Baptist Temple, Calvary Baptist supported Baptist Faith Missions. That was my first goal to lead the church out of Baptist Faith Missions. You want to know why? Brother Harold would probably remember Brother Hilly and Brother Eugene Clark. But Brother Hilly, I was at a mission conference in Michigan. And I said, uh, Brother Hilly, if I believed the Lord was going to send me to Peru as a missionary, could I go out of Baptist Faith Missions? He said, if you believe in wine for the Lord's Supper. I said, I don't believe in wine for the Lord's Supper. And when I get home, we're going to begin a process of quitting support Baptist Faith Missions because the Bible doesn't control them.
the preachers do. Five men that makes up a board. I don't care if it's Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholics, who do. If it goes against the word of God, it's wrong. We have in our fellowship churches who believe in wine. That's their prerogative. That's a local church. But I've got to believe in that, or they got to believe in that? No. The divine plan is the best plan with with fewest evils and the most advantages. So our enemies, you know, y'all too independent. But I don't believe you can be too independent of the Bible. I believe everything you believe should be shown from the Word of God. You may not agree with it. You may not want to do it. But to say, hey, the Bible doesn't teach that when it sits there in black and white, you're putting yourself in some danger of God dealing with you. We are landmark Baptists on the church. Our people steadily maintain that a New Testament church is a local, visible congregation of baptized believers. Turn to me with the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. God said, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What does that show? What does that verse show? In principle, what does it show? It shows that baptism is the door to the church. Doesn't save, it just puts you in the body. Then they that gladly received his word. You don't have to coax somebody. You don't have to say, now this is what you say when you go up front. When God saves a person, they'll move. And when they move and they want to be, be a member of the Edmund Road Baptist Church, you become a member of this church if you're a lost person when God saves you and you submit to baptism. If you're already saved and a member of another church, if that church's doctrine the same as our doctrine, we will take them by letter. But if you take a church letter from another church that is not the same, You're asking for trouble. I'd rather have six people that want to hear the word of God and 600 that wants to play games. God said, and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Notice now, and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. This is what the church does. They continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. We believe what the apostles believe. We continue in 
fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Wow, well, that's what we're, the, we're all this tongues and the healing. No, we don't have any apostles. They did away with that often. For pastors. And all that believed were together and had all things common. That's why that you ought to know what a church believes. You ought to be in agreement with that church. God will aid you to that church. You will be blessed. The church will be blessed. God tells us. All that believed were together and had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking the bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You can't talk somebody into joining the church. If I can talk somebody into joining the church, somebody else can talk them out of the church. But if the Lord adds you to the church, you're going to fit. It don't mean you're going to agree with everything that I teach and preach. But don't put yourself in danger by going out in the community and different. What in this church needs to stay in this church. You know what draws a lot of marriages? They go out and fluff the dirty laundry. This is what my husband said. This is what my wife said. Ain't nobody's business what you and your husband talk about in the privacy of your home. Nobody's business how we carry on business in this church. You ought to know the Bible well enough to come to the pastor, whoever he is, and said, Pastor, you're saying this, but the word says this. Now, I've had him come to, to me and say, Well, Billy Graham don't teach that. Well, don't you, won't you go join Billy Graham's church? You've got to believe with the Bible what the Bible says. God said, every true church is the body of Christ in his locality. That's what 1 Corinthians 12, 27 teaches you. We are a local church, Amron Road Baptist Church, Renneker Baptist Church, this Baptist Church, that Baptist Church. The New Testament church was organized by Jesus Christ during his personal ministry on earth out of the material prepared by John the Baptist. (coughs) Notice Matthew 16. 
Matthew, the 16th chapter, and the 18th verse. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Don't make any difference what the devil does. He cannot destroy one of his churches. Churches are destroyed by members, not the Lord. God tells us, since the days of Christ, the world has never been without a true church. If the Lord doesn't come back for a hundred years, this church may not be here. But there will be a Baptist church on the face of the earth when Jesus Christ says, come up hither. The word tells us so. We ought to be thankful that God loved us enough, taught us enough, blessed us enough, so that we are part of the kind of church that Jesus built. We are particular Baptists on the doctrine of grace. Our people earnestly contend for what some call the tulip doctrine. I believe all five of those, but I'm not a flower child. And I believe the doctrines go far behind the five. A Tula Baptist is one who believes in total depravity. You believe in total depravity? I believe that I'm capable of committing the worst sin there is on the face of this earth. But most, most Christians say, I would never do that. You let God leave you. Let God step out for a while and see what you do. Have any of you ever been out of fellowship with the Lord? And the things you've done while you was out of fellowship with the Lord? I will never do that. Not as long as you're in contact with the Lord. This body is depraved. This body is your enemy. we got to realize that. we got to come to that... You know, our body, we spend so much time on the body, not enough time on the mind, not enough time on the, on the soul and, you know, trying to get where God wants us at and to grow. And, you know, we just don't seem to understand that. You know, that I believe I'm totally depraved. Because I've done things that I, I wouldn't have believed I'd ever done. I've thought things that I, I can't believe you thought that. You know, I mean, I walk down the stairs and I see a man that's, that is, you know, saying I'm, I'm saved and, and I want to give and give and give and give and I want to, I just want to please the, 
God and, and, you know, and then trust this and trust that. And God makes a change when he saves you, people. He makes a change. Oh, you may get out and you may do things you're sorry of, say things you're sorry of, you know, but you're not going to live the same way you live when God saved you. He cleans you up. Amen. You're totally depraved. Watch out when you say, I, I'd never do that. We had a Baptist preacher. Sister Lynn that knows him. If I would call the name, I'll protect the innocent. He's gay. He was gay. Went before the Richmond Road Baptist Church and admitted that. They forgave him. He wrote me a letter. And I answered the letter. And he said, I really didn't think you would answer the letter. I said, God saves homosexuals. He doesn't create them. You've got to understand that. That was a choice that you made. It's ridiculous. Good thing I don't have any kids in, in school. I'd be in jail. Trying to tell a third and fourth grade kids that they don't know whether they're male or female. It's your choice. The parents are going to go to hell and burn. Are they going to, God's going to deal with them. That child you got belongs to God. And God's going to judge you how you raised that child, what you did for that child, how you taught that child. It belongs to the Lord. Baptists, we believe in total depravity. I believe there's nothing that I'm not capable of doing if I get out of the will of God. And you may say, not me. I'd never do that. Oh, you're setting yourself up. Get out of the will of God and see what you'll do. If you're saved, he'll whoop you and bring you back. If you're lost, you will destroy yourself. Baptists believe in total depravity. We believe in unconditional election. You know what that means? God elected me to be saved despite me. There was nothing good in me. There was absolutely nothing that was savable. Total depravity means that you're depraved from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And you're capable of doing anything. And then God allowed you to sit under the word. Oh, I tell you. He allowed you to sit under the word and then you heard the word of God and the Lord 
made a difference. Notice with me in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Talking about election now. According as he has chosen us in him. Don't stop now. Before the foundation of the world. Believe in election now? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. When God elects a person, he elects that person before the foundation of the world. He wrote my name in the book of life before the foundation of the world. And at his appointed time, he brings me under conviction, set under the word of God. The Holy Spirit touches me and I'm a new man. That's what Baptists believe. It's none of this walking down the aisle and praying through and crying and hollering and all of that. That's Pentecostalism. People afraid. Afraid of what somebody's going to think. Let me realize most people don't. Most people don't. And I don't mean this in any terrible way, they don't. I mean, I went out to the motel Saturday to go home and looked at my car and I said, somebody detailed my car. It's a big scratch across the, you know. know, So I had a, See, God protected me. I didn't see who did it. He protects you. I mean, you know, somebody can get too close to your car. They can get too close to anything. But, but see, if they weren't so totally depraved, they would want to tell you about it, you know. But because we are totally depraved, Oh, I'll help you, but I'm going to make sure that I'm helped first. I want to make sure my bin is full. I want to make sure I've got money in the bank. Then I'll help you if there's anything left. I don't know about the rest of you Baptists. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's the way it should be. Unconditional election. You can write down these scriptures. 2 Timothy 1 9, 2 Thessalonians 2 13. We believe in limited atonement. Christ didn't die for everybody. Want to know why? In hell, the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torment. So, how does that prove it? If God died for everybody. The rich man wouldn't went to hell. Because if he died for everybody and one person goes to hell, he's not God. Talk to me now. If one of God's elect goes to hell, then God ceases to be God. That's what Baptists believe. 
independent missionary, Bible-believing, fundamental Baptist. I'm satisfied with this Baptist. Just call me Baptist. Somebody said, you're, you're so much like John the Baptist, they ought to name you Baptist. I said, I'm going to apologize to mom. That's what I should have been called. Because I'm Baptist and not ashamed of it. Because God made me a Baptist. Amen. And Baptists don't go out here free willing it. They preach the word of God. And if you're one of God's elect, you'll hear the word of God. You'll come. You'll sit down and listen. And you will be tolerable. Or is it teachable? Never was good in English. Irresistible grace. Don't you like your irresistible grace? Notice Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. You know what irresistible grace is? If God tells you to do something direct, can you say no to him? Well, he says in Ephesians 1, 19, And what is the exceedingly greatness of his power to usward, who believed, notice now, are you there? According to the working of his mighty power. I believe in Jesus. Sure you do. Why do you believe in Jesus? He told you to believe in Jesus. It says it right here in the Bible. And what it is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward. Who is he usward? God's elect. Who believed according to the working of the mighty power of God. What a blessing. Amen. You know, he just blesses us. Verse 20 goes on to say, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also which is to come. And have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to where? His church. You want to know what's wrong with churches? Pastors and deacons and elders and mama and grandmama. Everybody's in charge when God ought to be in charge. That's why that I said, if you disagree with me, if I disagree with you, I have no right to disagree with you unless I can take you to the word of God. This is what God says. It's amazing how your appetite changes. You like food you never liked before. You like different type of music you never liked before. That's called growth. And when you grow in Christ, he'll change you. Yes, irresistible grace. And then the perseverance of the saints. You know, uh, I know I've heard used as illustration. A lot of times, you know, you go out there and you pick those green beans, you can them, and mom used to listen for the seal. Pop, 
That's a good one. Well, when it comes to the things of God, in John chapter 10, verse 28, John 10, 28, God said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What is that? That's the eternal security of the blood-bought believer. Now, the problem is, is not everybody that says I'm saved is saved. But that don't take it away from the Word. The Word simply is talking about that's one, you know, that is perseverance of the saints. That means if you're saved, truly saved, you will persevere. You may give up 14 times, but you'll come back. Until finally, you're tired of being whipped. You know. But, you know, that's the problem of children. There's no discipline. I'm going to discipline you. No TV for two nights. You discipline? What is wrong with you? That's not discipline. Man. We teach there is no salvation apart from the free, sovereign, distinguishing grace of God and the work of the almighty Holy Spirit upon the dead sinner. John 16. John 16. God says here in verse 8, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You know, he perseveres. In other words, Christ puts up with so much. He'll let me get by with so much. And then he's, that's enough. You know, I've been in houses, been in houses where I'm trying to talk to the parents, and the child rules the house. The television is on, and, and the dad said, son, would you turn the television down? I'm trying to talk to the pastor. No. Five minutes later, son, would you turn the television down? No. He said, I just can't do anything for him. I said, I should tell you how to handle this. But I didn't. You don't tell a child seven, eight years old to turn down the TV. You send him to the room or outside or something. And that's the way the churches are. A couple came here, visited about a year and a half ago, sat behind Harold and Susan, and the next bit over him. And he came in, and I said, glad to have you all. He said, oh, this isn't the church that we're looking for. I said, what kind of church are you looking for? We're looking for a church with activity. Oh, activity. There's a pool room downtown, you know. You don't come to church for activity. That's not your main reason. 
You come to church to be fed on the Word of God. To learn about Jesus Christ. If you're sick, the Word will tell you how you can be better. You've got financial problems, the book will tell you how you can get better. You have marriage problems, the book will tell you how. But it won't do it for you, you've got to do it. See, salvation is by grace, never by free will. Believe in these truths, we oppose Arminianism and all his kindred evils. We resist modern decisionism, our long invitations, graveyard stories, praying through on the mourner's bench, high present tactics, evangelistic meetings, worldly entertainment to give aid to the power of the gospel. Let me tell you, the gospel don't need no aid. You preach the word of God, the spirit bear witness with that word, and he'll save you right on the spot. We'll finish it up next Sunday. Sound lead and pianist come.